for me, I always kind of fall back on the James Harden out of S1 because that was, that was a huge moment. Here I am at the United Center, and here is the guy on court, one of the best players in the NBA, wearing a shoe that I had a hand in, you know, like it's got my name on the shoe. Deep down, everyone's an artist, and kids, if what we're talking about, are basically artists, and, you know, uh, over time, that gets knocked out of them. They get people tell them that's stupid, that's unrealistic, that's this or that. The same things they tell people that are trying to achieve dreams. But when you tell that to a kid, it, if you think back to when you're a kid and someone said something to you, it might have just been a passing comment. But sometimes those words stick with you. Hey, Dan, we've come to the part of the podcast where I ask five questions and five answers. It's a consistent theme now in the podcast. Some I will say, sometimes I do forget one of the five questions and just have to roll okay. off the top. <laughs> I've done it so many times, but sometimes I forget them. But the way that we release this part of the podcast is for those of you who have been listening to the full episode so far, um, this is like the, the conclusion piece. And there's some of you who might be hearing this separately or watching this separately. And this is almost like a great trailer to then go and listen to the full chat. So Dan, my five questions for you begins with the first. And the first is if you could recommend only one book or podcast to someone listening, what would that be? One book or podcast. That's a tough one. Um, I have many books, but I'm just trying to think. I don't know. You tend to read or listen. Uh, I tend to watch. <laughs> okay, more of a watcher. Well, is is there a piece of of content that you'd recommend someone watching? I think you should just consume like everything, really. You know, like I watch sports documentaries. I watch you know junk reality shows. I watch movies um, and. I don't know, you feel like you can take something from all those things, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to think of like a book that I would recommend. Um, I know early on in the piece, I was reading the 10X rule of the Grant Cardone. Okay. Um, that one was, and then when I was playing rugby, there was a book by Michael Johnson called Slaying the Dragon. I've um, heard of this, yeah. Kind of, yeah. And I got a hold of that book from a friend. Well, I borrowed it from a, a babysat some um someone's house when I was like a teenager. And then they had this book and I borrowed the book. And then I had no intention of giving the book back after I read it. And um years later I was like, I should have given the book back. It wasn't okay. So um I kind of went and gave the book back. Um <laughs> And I got my own copy. I think I actually ended up buying them a new copy of the book because I, yeah, because I kept the other one. And um, so, but yeah, I have a copy of that book. I haven't read it for a while. I pulled it out the other day. I was going to have another look at it. But yeah, that 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 book's quite amazing. Um, what he had to do um, to make things go right to win the 200 and the 400 in the Atlanta Olympics was, um, that resonated with me. Uh, yeah, I love that. I love that. My second question for you is there, 
a daily habit or ritual that forms a part of your, it could be morning or evening routine that you feel like sets you up for success? Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and is that, tell me, is that harder in LA than it used to be in Sydney? Well, the funny thing is I wasn't into coffee in Sydney. I got into okay. it over here. And um, if you know where to go, there's good coffee here. Um, but where was, where's yeah, your favorite? Um, my favorite right now has been Blue Bottle. Ah, uh, yeah. Know, I had a couple of Blue Bottles while I was over there. Yeah. And for me, just, yeah, I'm, I always get a good quality. Um, well, I, it's called a Cortado. Well, Cortado. Gibraltar. Um, I don't think you have it down there because I, I came. I felt like I was speaking a foreign language when I tried to order a coffee when I went. I went to the grounds. Oh yeah, yeah. And I got on the plane. That was we went straight to the grounds pretty much, and I hadn't been to Sydney for eight years. And I started asking the guy, "You got a Cortado? You got a Gibraltar?" And the guy looked at me like, like I was like speaking another language. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry, but I, I feel, I'm from here, but I'm not from here, I guess, because I don't really yeah. know. <laughs> what, so so what's, yeah. a, what's a Gibraltar? How would you um, explain it? Is it like a filter brew or? No, it's, a, it's in between a, I guess it's bigger than a piccolo, but it's, um, it's smaller than a flat white. So it's on milk? <laughs> Yeah, it's a you know it's espresso or milk, you know it's like, um, but it's just it it's to do with the um, the amount of milk is in the coffee, and I don't like my drink milky. I like it strong coffee. Like I like the taste of coffee, and um, the Gibraltar is the size of this shot glass called a Gibraltar glass. Okay, and that is the perfect size of um, like of the coffee of the, for me, the milk to coffee ratio. So, yeah. See, maybe I should have spoken here before I headed over. Cause that sounds very similar to what I'd have back home. But when I went over there, I had a similar experience. I walked up to the counter and I was like, do you have an almond yeah. magic? And they're like, there you what? go. Magic is exactly what I worked out. was the exact size yeah. of coffee that I ordered in Australia. Yeah. So it's like double riz shot on three quarter full. Yeah. Yeah. That was um that where did I learn that? I think that's I a Melbourne that in thing. Melbourne. Yeah, it's Melbourne, Melbourne thing. has the best coffee. They do have very good coffee. I lived in Melbourne for a year in 2018 while I was working in real estate, and you are very spoiled for choice. Like it's it's quite good. Yeah, any place has good coffee, but there's obviously other places have there's better places than others. But I I when I went to Melbourne. I was drink trying to drink decaf for that time, which was stupid, but um <laughs> but I went to one coffee shop called I think it was called Everyday. It's called Everyday, it's in Everyday. in the C B D. Okay. Um they did and I got a um a decaf like I guess what did I order? I think I got a decaf magic and you wouldn't even know that thing was decaf. It was so good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. They're pretty good these yeah. days. I have to ask yeah. just to, to sidebar a little bit here, you know, we're talking about Oz and you can still sense that there's a passion for home in your voice. Is there ever a yeah. plan to like, to bring something back here to, to spend a bit of time here as a family, or do you feel like your life and your plans are very much in, in the U S? I mean, I flip flop on that stuff all the time. You know, I'll go through like, I go through periods where, you know, 
oh yeah like i want to live everywhere and my son even said it to me the other day i was like i always said to my wife i was like would you want to live in utah and then my son's like you want to live everywhere and i'm like <laughs> i do actually <laughs> um and it's funny because uh i do have that intention to have my kids kind of be closer to uh i guess my family and mm. like have a bit of taste of what it was like for me to grow up there so that last trip i was kind of planting some seeds in terms of like um creating more opportunities for me to be back in sydney you know, yeah. so or in australia in general so yeah, I have a manager who's based in Melbourne. Um, okay. He deals with a lot of athletes, not only in Australia, but all over the world. Like he has NBA athletes and whatnot. And um, so, but yeah, I've been working with him and he's been, he's been really great to kind of plant those seeds for, for having that as an opportunity to be in Australia more. Um, I do like it there. There's some things I don't like and there's some things that I do like. Um, yeah. So yeah, the things that I don't like uh, can be a bit of a deal breaker though <laughs> for living there full time. What, if you don't mind me asking, what would they be? Two things, taxes and speed cameras. And um, just, it, I just feel like everything is so controlled. Mm. Um, and, I, it's, and I don't know if... If I didn't go away for eight years and then come back into maybe not you don't have to be eight years, but like I'm used to the way of life I have over here. Yeah. So you go away for eight years, you tend to have a different perspective and see a different thing to somebody who's in it. You know what I mean? Mm. And this isn't um I kind of said this to someone the other day. You know, you put a dog on a leash and then you take the leash away, he still walks the same distance. Yeah. But he doesn't realize he's doing it. You know, so it's yep. kind of like I I didn't realize like how I guess how bad it was in terms of like those things. And I don't necessarily want to say this on a podcast for people to be like, oh, he's just bagging on Australia and whatnot. But you know what I'm talking about, though, right? I do. Yeah, man, you yeah. don't. You're preaching to the choir. I just got six hundred dollars worth of speeding fines from Canberra. That's my point. That's Cheeky my bastards. Point. That and the cameras weren't signposted. Like, not only that is a cheeky. It's fucking expensive. Bloody oath. Like $600. Like how is that worth $600? And on top of that, you got to pay tolls to use every road, Mm. you know, like the cross city tunnel, you go across like, you know, one mile road. It's like like six, six bucks. You know, then you come back and I think maybe one way you don't have to pay, but I I can't remember. Um, And then not only that, you come out of the tunnel and it's 40 kilometers an hour. And I'm just like, who the hell can drive 40 kilometers an hour? Yeah. And now the stupid thing is that when they brought the, uh, the, the school zones in, when I was, you know, back when I first started driving, you know, this was, they brought, they brought the school zones in and they put the speed cameras around the school zones so that, you know, you got 41, you're, you're toast. Yeah. But now they have it where it's like, you have a school zone and then up like, after the school zone is still 40. So I'm like, what's the difference? Like you're going 40 anyway. So it's like, exactly. yeah. yeah, soon it's going I get to be 30. <laughs> I've got, look, I've got a proposition for you. When you decide that you want to come back and spend some time in Oz, just come to Wollongong. Yeah. No, <laughs> no tolls, you know, maybe two or three speed cameras. I know you're a Dragons fan. 
get you down yeah. here in the gong. You've spent some time here before. Just set up home base here. Yeah. Yeah, as long as they have no... Yeah, because in America, they don't really have the cameras here. Yeah. And everyone drives like... Like, say the speed limit is 50. People drive... Yeah. 65. People drive, you know, 75, 80. This is miles an hour, you know? Yeah. So... um and that's that's like normal. So if you're driving, if you're driving seventy, you know, mm. coming up behind you, like, come on, let's go, you know. Exactly. So yeah. Like, but when I first came over, you know, I, like I was so trained to stick to the speed limit at sixty-five and not a not a notch over. That's why I was like kind yeah. of the the example I was using as a dog on a leash. Mm. It takes it takes a minute to train that out of you because sure. you're basically trained into doing that. And then when I went back with my wife and she's American and she's like, she's like, why are you driving so slow? And I'm like, because if I drive faster than 40, there's a speed camera up here that we're going to get done at. And I don't know where yeah. the speed cameras are and they're not because I don't live here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I heard you, I heard you had a not bad tour guide in Sydney though. Gus Crichton behind the wheel. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. 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 And, um, he was driving, so I didn't have to worry about the speed cameras. So <laughs> yeah, straight onto his bill. <laughs> yeah, but, I wanna, yeah. I want to dive into this third question with you because I'm mindful of your time. The third yeah. is, what's a challenge that you've had over the course of the last few years that has required the most growth to overcome? A challenge. Um, ooh, I mean, I feel like the the last couple of years have been challenging business environment in general, just with the state of the world and the pandemic and um, just kind of navigating through all that and mm. coming out the other side and still being, and still standing, you know, that's kind of, it's been a challenge for, I guess, for everybody. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Do you feel uh, like you're, you're even more confident in your ability now as a business owner, as a brand, because of, you know, your ability to navigate that period? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm lucky that I have a good support staff, a, mm. a good support. Like my wife probably, um, navigated it more than I did, but yeah, she's, she's kind of the person that I lean on and, you know, it's kind of good to have that other person that we, that kind of, um, that you go through it together with, you know, cause uh, sure. I think I think it's always good to have a partner to to do stuff with. Um, but yeah, I guess that's been tough, but go through tough stuff all the time. And we just always work out a way. That's always been our mentality that there's always a solution. That's always been my mentality. <laughs> I love that. Very well said. My fourth question for you, Dan, is, is there a skill that you're in the process of trying to master or an attribute that you've developed that, serves you well in your life right now a skill ah oh, i think the skill that i would like to do better is multitasking because i'm just like sometimes i'm like feel like i have a thousand things going on and how do i take the time to like i gotta do this right now you know um, mm. um but that's not really something that i've mastered <laughs> Um, I don't know if we ever master anything, do we? So it's kind of a. Well, that's the thing is like, 
there's no like for me there's no such thing as perfection because if you read that michael johnson book and also just in life i just know that the universe doesn't allow something to be perfect in my mm. you know and i'm like if that's if that's the case then something can always get better and if you're not going up you're going down there's not like you're not like you either getting better or things are declining yeah. so you may as well just get better right for sure um, so yeah i'm always looking for those little one percenters to improve my my work and what i'm doing and um but to, to allude on the michael johnson story he ran this crazy time in the 200 meters in 96 it was um i think it's been broken now but at that time it was like an unheard of time it was 19.32 seconds yeah wow. but he stumbled at the start of the race and he still ran that race and killed the, like and you know made this amazing time and he thought to himself is like how much better could i have gone if i didn't stumble you know yeah like he would have done you know so it's like there's always that little bit extra you can improve on whatever you're doing same with my clothing it's like there's millimeters of things that could change on it there's that could make it better for sure yeah. and and even to that you know whilst there's always that one percent that you can improve it's also a really good message to say that even when you stumble head up keep moving forward yeah you just he just had to keep going you know um and then the other thing is complacency is the biggest killer because mm. then you get to a point where you've had some success and then you stop doing the things that you did that got you there you know and you don't think you need to do them anymore so you stop you stop observing and looking for those one percenters because you don't think you need to and then somebody else is going to come along who's looking for those one percenters and looking for those things that are hungrier than you and he's going to go past you it's like in rocky when you watch rocky when he came up against clubber lang in rocky three the first time he was not like hungry anymore yeah and then he had to go away and find that hunger again and then he came back and he beat clever lane so yeah it's yeah. so it's so true and it's like you said before you can reminisce on these big moments in your career you know that james harden adidas collaboration you can draw inspiration from it but if you live in that memory and it, and it just becomes all that you've done then you know what's the next one so i love that you talk about that hunger and i love that you can see that drive within you to want more yeah yeah i mean that's just like that's just yeah i guess i don't know <laughs> i think it's just, it's just you i think it's just yeah. like i think yeah. it's you and the way that you are like i can tell in the way that you share your story and the way that you speak about your brand that you know that hunger is still alive that drive is still there so it's exciting yeah no it is exciting because basically done 10 years of this and i'm just as hungry now um as i was day one but i also have 10 years of knowledge and you know so for sure in 10 more years hopefully i have that same hunger and i'll have 20 years of knowledge you know because there's always more to learn and um figure out so i don't have it all figured out but i'm a work in progress and figuring it out i love that my last question for you daniel patrick is if you could share one message with the world and encourage them to act on it, what would that message be? 
Well, I think you kind of alluded to it back well, we kind of spoke about it back in um, when you were mentioning the fact that people were kind of waiting until they're ready to do something. Mm. And um, if you, did you see the Top Gun movie, the one that just came out? Yeah. Yeah, so the one line in that is don't think, do, right? If you look at life that way, don't think, do. If you're thinking about waiting to be... Um, ready to do something that's thinking instead of doing you know so you just have to kind of throw yourself out there and kind of just be out like put yourself out there and really just um sorry i'm just trying to find the right words to articulate this um so yeah you basically want like living outside of your comfort zone because um, For sure you can get too comfortable um and waiting around for things to be the perfect moment you know the right time when the sun hits this at this moment and my life feels this way then i can have kids or something like that no one's ever no one's ever ready to have kids right as an example you do it and you work it out so if you take that example um you could basically apply that to um like a career path or an endeavor that you want to achieve is that no one's ever ready 100% to do it. And um, if you go into it, you'll be 10 years down the track and have all that knowledge of like working it out rather than waiting 10 years to then start and then being and then being that far behind, you know? For sure. For sure. I love it, mate. I'm, I'm so grateful to have had you on the show. I must say, yeah, I, feel, I, I feel very stylish walking around the gong in some Daniel Patrick kit at the minute. You know, I feel like... <laughs> Do you think it's good that you can't get it there? I think, you know, somewhat selfishly a little bit, yes. That like, yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, there's not many people getting around in these pants right now. This feels... Yeah, because I'm like, if I had a store in um, in Sydney or Melbourne, like, would that take away from the kind of, uh, I guess... The like, exclusivity, the, I guess. Yeah, the exclusivity of it and the fact that people come over to my store when they come to LA to get it and then when they go back, they're like, you know, you can't get this here type thing. <laughs> well, there's there's two things that come to mind when you say that. There is the the selfishness within me that says I like being a little bit different with what yeah. I wear. So keep the kit in LA and yeah. we'll just keep doing the trips back there to get it. But the other selfish part in me says, it'd be nice to have Daniel Patrick down under again. So yeah. I, I think inevitably, okay. yeah. I think inevitably one day we'll see that brand, we'll see a shop front and we'll be seeing a whole lot more of your kit here in Oz. And I hope that day comes for the sake of, of the success of your business and everything you're doing. I'm, you know, like we said before, whilst we are in very different fields, I feel like I can learn a lot from you. I'm very inspired by your journey and your story, your willingness yeah. to to make things work in spite of, you know, the fact that challenges and roadblocks will be presented in front of you at all walks um, in our life, in our quest. And mate, I'm just so happy to see you successful, happy um, with an amazing family. I'm, I'm very grateful to your wife, who was very lovely to me when I come into the store and you know, whilst I was feeling a little bit lonely um, over there solo by myself in LA, she gave me a great conversation and was very welcoming. So thank you yeah. so much for being a part of this. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I know um, I've learned a little bit about your journey and the things you've overcome in life. And 
Um, so yeah, I appreciate you being able to learn from my journey. <laughs> Mate, pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much. Thank you.